Welcome to Pop X Cast, a podcast that brings together the worlds of pop culture and science fiction in a way that breathes life into our inner child. From nostalgia to all things retro, pop culture news, film reviews, and the retro rewind, we explore all realms of geeky goodness. So find your comfy spot, top off your glass, and don't forget those pizza rolls in the air fryer because it's time for Pop X Cast. Excelsior, everybody, welcome to Pop X Cast, episode 143 for June 26, 2022, or tonight on 143, we're going to be talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus reviews, explained cameos, Easter eggs, you name it. We're talking about it. We're back consecutive back to back weeks, and also the retro rewind. One of my favorites from 1989, Mr. Kevin Costner, Field of Dreams. Oh my God, Ray Constella is back in the house. Uh, this is going to be so good. Team Pop X, what is up? How has your week been? I feel like I just saw you a week ago. I, I know, right? It's, it's interesting. <laughs> it's great. Interesting how this thing happens. But I, with, with Obi-Wan wrapping up this week, it, we had to. We had to, guys. We had oh, to get yeah. on here and talk all things Absolutely. Pop X right now. And a huge shout out to the chat room right now. You guys are blowing it up. What up, Lindsay, Joe, Austin? Uh, y'all doing good tonight? Well, John Poffenbarger, yeah. I do believe we are. Want to go a big shout out to what's up, Badger Joseph? What is up, Tree Smoker? Good to see you in the house. Jeremy Stoltz in the house, y'all. We got Alicia hanging out with us. What's up, Alicia? Michael Murray, Gabe Salcedo, DC. What's up, DC? Man. You guys are making us feel all warm and welcome tonight. Look at you guys go. Yeah. So how was your week? It was a good week. Wow, that's a lot. Let's unpack that again. How was your week? It's great. Good. There we go. It was long. Was it? Did you have a long week? I watched watched a lot of stuff. 
this week. <laughs> Approximately how many hours of content did you consume this week? Oh, um, um, I mean, well, four, four, four shows. So that was probably two, six episodes, two, eight episodes, and then four, move, five movies. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Was there any sleep in those seven days? Not a lot. So were the episodes you know, forty-five minutes to an hour? Like, I mean, now that Obi One's over, I think the worst part of the week for me. I mean, again, it's one of the best parts of the week. But waking up for Obi One and doing those reviews immediately. Why do they drop it at three a.m.? Like, I get why they do it. Midnight but it would be destroys great. Destroys me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it Amazon just, Prime drops everything at midnight, bro. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Prime. And sometimes they'll drop it early at 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So um, it stinks, man. Speaking of which, on Prime, I got to give you, I got to give a shout out. The Boys is destroying it right now. Oh, it's if so you, good. It is so good. But also, Night Sky is a sleeper that nobody is talking about right now. Oh. Night Sky is yep. amazing. If you guys Great. haven't watched it, Austin, your review actually encouraged me to go watch Night Sky. Thank you, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it really, I've been thinking you described it. It's a sleeper show that people shouldn't be sleeping on. It's it's really exactly good. right. And it's got J.K. Simmons and, yeah. oh my gosh, Carrie herself from Stephen King's Carrie. Yeah. Uh, what is her name? Oh, shoot. Her name is Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek. Thank you. Oh my yes, God. That yes. coal miner's daughter. I should know this. Uh, anyway, you know, played Loretta Lynn, coal miner's daughter. Long, long story short. But, um, dude, I'm telling you, you're killing it on, on YouTube, Austin. Man, I'm telling you. I, Thank you, man. I see your stuff come through, and I was like, wait, what's this show? And I saw Night Sky pop up like four <laughs> or five weeks ago, and I'm like, what is this? And, dude, yeah. I started getting deep diving into it, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, bro. I'll see what you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, hey, I'm not the only one killing it. Joe got that new lighting set up, though. Look I at know. that lighting Look at him. He is so fancy. I, I, so good. I, I got the Duel of Fates. dun 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 yeah, man. I love it, man. Yeah. It looks so good. I'm excited because on my Twitch stream now, we got the Elgato. Going to be doing some art uh, later tonight. I'm going to be testing everything out. Yes. So that thing's going to be honed right in on the art. No more grain. No more ugly image. And I ditched the old camera that just kept farting out on me. So <laughs> we have a good setup now, and I'm so thankful for my Twitch family Did for helping me. Did you go office space on it? You know what I did, actually? It's funny you Should say that. Like, it, it's funny you say office space. I spent the, it around. You know what my Saturday consisted of? I woke up about 10 o'clock. I had some coffee yesterday morning, and I spent five hours at this desk hand Ooh. cleaning everything. Oh. I went through all the cables, disconnected Ooh. everything, hand cleaned and hand dusted. Um, I, I, I was like, you know what? This whole setup is going to be all fresh. It's going to be all clean. Even cleaned the daggone monitor. Uh, it's just, <laughs> you know... It, and here was Alex. You know, Alex did some tile cleaning while I was doing this. So we were all like nasty and sweaty. It was all crazy. But um, very, very pleased with the outcome. I'm sitting at a desk that literally looks like I just built it. Everything's fresh, new, and clean. That's awesome. It's got that oh, nice, man. fresh, well, new Well, I mean, you have smell. the nice, new, clean, fresh desk. I cleaned my bedding today. So you know that nice, clean sheet feeling. Yeah, I do. I'm looking forward to that I a like little that. bit later. I like the smell of, you know, <laughs> is it snuggle? Is it gain? I don't know. But it smells it's delicious. It's clean is what it is. But we're here for Pop X cast, guys. Oh, my gosh. Jump off over. Hello, Team Pop X. Best week ever. Hey, oh. hey Jeremy. And let's see. He's watched all of Netflix in, in its entire... I believe so. Yeah. Austin probably <laughs> watched it twice at this point. Austin and I have an uncle that's in common. His name was Mike Johnson. And when oh, Mike, yeah. Mike was alive, he would always say, you downloaded the internet. 
And he would always joke with me. But I, I'll be honest with you, Austin, you've watched the Internet. You have watched all of the Internet. Dude, you're insane. You are insane. All right, guys, let's That's kick awesome. this off. Austin Burke, it is up to you, man. Go for it. Yay. Hi, everybody. Hi. How y'all doing? Hey. Um, welcome to Pop X, where, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian Geek at Heart. We'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the popx.live chat room. Come hang out with us and join the conversation at popxcast.com. If this is your first time tuning in to Pop X, the first 10 to 15 minutes, we run down the headlines since our last show. Then we deep dive into all things nostalgic on the retro rewind then at the halfway point we hit on the show's topic and today hello there hello there hello there hello there oh my gosh dude it was so good ign did this mashup of all the obi-wans throughout uh, you know the young one did you see that and they're all saying it exactly in unison hello there hello there it was so good dude yeah. Oh my gosh. Hey guys, I am Joseph Burke, Central Florida season comic book nerd and retro enthusiast and founder of PopX Cast. And uh, I'm p- creator of the Creative Multiverse, which is a vast expanse of creatives that join us, whether you're a painter, you're a poet, you're a songwriter, you're, you're a sculptor, you're, you're a, a, a diamond painter, whatever it is that you do, you're part of this amazing creative collective. So join us uh, on my still on my Badger streams. Badger does Badger makes. She's on Twitch. I am on also on Twitch. So we, we, we do regular stream schedules. So if you want to see us make some art, make sure you follow us. And to do that, you got to scan that QR code in the bottom right. That'll take you over to our Discord channel where you can get connected with other artists. And that way, when the artists go live, you'll be notified right there on our Discord. Cool. That's true. Oh. Right. Oh boy! <laughs> I didn't. Uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't think I update. Did I update that Stranger Things? I did it. Sweetie. You did it. Well, I love you. Looking. I love you, Lindsay Badger. I love you too. I love you long time. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I forgot something in the notes. Oh God. Oh my goodness. Well, you guys. Um, I'm Lindsay Badger, the geeky yoki that hangs out around here. Um, if you missed our last episode, that was only seven days ago. Make sure you go back and watch episode number 142. We talked about Stranger Things. We broke down all of Stranger Things season three. And we rewound back to RoboCop. And we talked about all of the goodness in the 80s for that movie. Um, You can find all of that over on our official website. You guys know it, popxcast.com. And you can check out all the other good stuff that's just waiting to be watched in the PopX Collective Archive all my good friends hanging out with us in the live make sure you guys are thumbing up this video give all the algorithm good vibes out there by making sure you are also subscribed to the channel Mm -hmm. that bell is ringling and so you know next time we go live as well and for my podcast friends make sure you're giving us that gleaming five-star review and maybe say something nice in the chat as on the comments (laughs) as well because that makes us happy and we want to come back and do it some more makes me really happy <laughs> Austin stuck again. God bless you. We like positive reinforcement. We do. I like positive. But uh you guys seriously you need to check out Lindsay Badger's channel, Badger Makes. It is twitch.tv slash badger makes. Awesome. And Joseph Burke. It's, it's, so it's twitch.tv slash Joseph Burke Arts. And um Austin is is definitely um he's he, I think he has Sasquatch deodorant on. It smells pretty sandalwood right now. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Alrighty then. We're just going to move on to news and that's like nothing ever happened. Okie dokie. Well, don't go Austin anywhere. Will join us sometime when he Austin gets will reason. kick in here in a minute. God you just wait. Him. God bless his Somebody little reboot heart. Him. Oh my God. Reboot. We'll be right extra, back. Extra. Read all about it. This is Pop X News coming to you live right here on popxcast.com. Popxcast.com and Lindsay yes. Badger's leading it off this week. I get week. to open the news You're this opening time. It it's up. so fun. It's a happy oh my time. gosh, are you guys ready for Christmas? I'm I'm ready for Sandalwood. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Oh, there we go. You can't resist any you can't resist some Christmas. This goodness. boy, this boy right oh, here. He my likes some Christmas. Gosh, I love him. I love that. I love him I love you to pieces. Oh my gosh, you guys, this Christmas, get ready because Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming but by to himself town. though he's not bringing his head elf with him is, are you sad about that not really so, because <laughs> Gerard wasn't in the third one so I know. Why, I mean, so you guys we're talking about the Disney plus has finally unwrapped the first look at the cast of the Santa Claus's original limited series that's look at that picking up right after the last one which was santa claus 3 the escape clause back in 2006 is when that one came out so they're picking up right where they left off tim allen and elizabeth mitchell is reprising their roles as santa and mrs claus and they're being joined by their teenage children austin kane as cal calvin and elizabeth allen dick as sandra calvin um, Eric Lloyd, who played Charlie Calvin in the original Santa Claus trilogy, is not listed among the returning cast, which hmm. is kind of, I mean, it's been a while. He's not little and cute anymore, so that doesn't surprise me. Hmm. Um, so Charlie also, went off on the deep end. I'm just gonna... it's yeah, good old Charlie. Good old Charlie. So um, also not on the list of returning cast is Bernard, which was played by David Crumholtz. So santa's sarcastic grumpy head elf from the 1994 and the 2002 santa clauses one and two are he's not returning unfortunately which i really enjoyed his character so that's kind of a bummer so um now friends fans are spreading christmas jeers about the exclusion of both (laughs) of those characters and uh this uh some of them have said, you know, I need Charlie and Bernard even in cameos. One fan said it's not Santa Claus franchise without them, which I kind of agree, but I think it'll be okay without I them. I think it'll be all right. Um, and, yeah. you know, they're screaming, where is Bernard? You know, it's <laughs> such a great character. I mean, come on, you got to love him. Bernard's good. But um, the Santa Claus is set sometime after the events of the third movie, as I just said, and it picks up with Scott Calvin on the brink of his 65th birthday, realizing that he can't be Santa Claus forever, and so he's suddenly starting to lose his Santa magic, and he is trying to find a suitable replacement Santa while he's preparing his family for a new adventure in a life south of the North Pole. Mm, interesting. It's going to be streaming on Disney Plus later this year. So you guys ready for a new Christmas show? Honestly, <laughs> well, new, I am. It's just a continuation. If, if it's Tim Allen reprising the role as Santa Claus, I mean, it's just that that's is. That's what makes it. That's, that's near and that's, dear. That's the big part. You know, as as crappy as the third one was, it was pretty, it yeah. was pretty, pretty crappy. I still watch yeah. the heck out of it every Christmas because yeah. there's just something about, you know, the, that series has a charm to it. Uh, despite, you know, the first one, you can't top it. 
the first one is 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 the one that, yeah. that solidified yeah. the franchise. I love I love how John was like the internet is mad. Shocking. Shocking. Recurring <laughs> <laughs> theme. In what? Show. Somebody oh is disturbed. I talk. Marvel says I've actually never seen the Santa Claus after the original. Well, you, oh, well, you know, you're not. It's okay. Three stinks. It, so. Yeah. It, the first one is. It's kind of like feels. it's kind of like the, the RoboCop franchise we did last week. The first one's great. The oh, second one and the third one, not so much. The first one's the questionable. Mm. We ain't talking about RoboCop 2. It's in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. so we're sticking to the 80s. But interesting. What are your thoughts on, um, on on Tim Allen? I mean, it's interesting about him being up to the age of 65 and getting ready to try to pass the mantle of the clause yeah. onto a new would-be candidate. That's interesting for me uh, to think about that and try to unpack that because – uh, it's kind of a passing of the roles. Are we going to have this new character? It's kind of like you know, the Marvel Universe is this new character going to be the new claws, and they're going to spawn a new franchise of movies. Yeah. It's interesting to think about. Well, I mean, the first movie was in 1994. Good it's almost gosh, 30 I years was a old. freshman in high school in 94. It's almost 30 years old. You're giving away my age here. You need to. Sh- Sorry, I was just a thought. Or maybe Dude, I was. was you were I swimming at that point. No, you no. were. You were. You were swim. You were a swimmer. But yeah. I won. I beat all of them. <laughs> you gonna, right. You're I beat a every winner. Other you're a Burke. You're a Burke. We're all baby. born winners. Yeah. You Anyways, are. so it makes won. sense that we're finally wrapping this up thirty years. Later. Wow. We just we just totally. <laughs> went that's there. where I was going with that. <laughs> Lindsay Badger <laughs> with the, uh, the leading off the the headlines this week, guys. Seriously, what do you think about Tim Allen reprising his role? What do you think about you think? How do you feel about the series on Disney Plus coming later this year? I have some nostalgia feels. I do too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just want to watch it for the nostalgia. I kind of feel bad. Charlie's not going to be in it. Bernard, I can do without. I think but Charlie's he's shaking his kid. the snow globe enough. He's good. You know, pass it on. So I'm okay. We'll we'll see how things pan out, and I can't wait to see the host of new really characters. It gets really awkward whenever little kids grow up and they still shake and the snowball. You know, I mean, it's it's a thing. And, and you Anyways, know, if you if you if you look on the the middle of the screen, we got a little bit of a White Castle. Uh, action in the middle there with the actor, <laughs> if you oh, know what yeah. I mean. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's yeah. an interesting, that's an interesting Dang, casting even, role, you know. Uh, so oh, it's good to see realize. him back. Yeah. Okay. I realized that was him. Yeah. 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 Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. You not seen that movie? You've seen Harold and yeah. Kumar? Lose? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's good stuff. It, it is a great stuff. All right, moving Actually, on. I hate White Castle. Uh, well, the restaurant, but not the movie. Uh, All right, moving along here. Uh, I get the joy of bringing you an amazing little snippet coming to Broadway in 2023. Uh, Screenwriter Bob Gill and director Robert Zemeckis have been fiercely protective of the Back to the Future trilogy. That's why there's no Back to the Future 4 or a reboot happening anytime soon. And hopefully Hmm. it stays that way. However, the duo never ruled out bringing a show to Broadway. Gail even took to an active hand writing the books for the Back to the Future, the musical, which opened in London's West End in 2020. Now, uh, next year, American fans will get their shot to see the musical that comes to Broadway. The news was announced on the official Back to the Future Twitter account with a link the musicals, uh, to the musical's website. In the West End's production, Ollie Dobson took over Michael J. Fox's role as Martin McFly alongside Roger Bart as Dr. Emmett Doc Brown, the role originally played by Christopher Lloyd. Now, for now. It's unclear if any of the original cast from the London show are going to make their way and transcend over to the American Broadway audience. But for now, effective summer 2023, this I hear this musical, this Broadway production literally blew everyone away. 
Mm. Like it was like top notch, cutting edge science uh, technology. The way that they they rotated the scenes and the backgrounds and the drops and the props, it was just next level type Broadway. How do you guys feel? Are have you are you guys into Broadway? Because I I personally am into theater, so I'm curious. I enjoy what you the guys... theater. Okay. Yeah. Um. I. Man, it's such a good movie or well, series of new movies. But right. I'm even the, just looking at the original. It's such a good movie to live up to. That oh my gosh, it's got to be. It has to bring it. I, I think we uh, need to have a Pop X revival in New York. Mm-hmm. I think we all three need to go to Pop, uh, go to Broadway and watch it together. Let's go. I, it would be my first ever. We chose the Rockettes instead of Broadway when we went because um, it was Christmas, obviously. But I'll tell you what, I want to go see a show on Broadway. I've heard You've not seen a show on Broadway? Things. I've never, never been to New York, one. period. What? Lindsay, look, I gotta go, girl. I've never been anywhere on the the eastern. I've seen I've seen American Idiot with the original cast, which was the Green Day Broadway show. I've seen Phantom of the Opera, The Lion King, and Wicked. Oh, cool! I watched Wicked here. What I want to see it's so good. I want to see Hamilton. That's 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 the the one I didn't get to to get tickets. Yeah. Impossible, but I would, I, want to see I would love to see Hamilton live. When when I was there in New York, I'll, I'll share this really quickly. When I was in New York in 2016, celebrating Blue Man Group's 25th anniversary, Hamilton had just opened on Broadway with the original cast. Oh my god! Oh, $227 a ticket. Oh, ouch! <laughs> I would pay a it, ticket, and that wasn't even or, that, that wasn't even orchestra seating. I would pay it. That's a lot. That's such a good... But anyway... You don't have to watch that on Disney Plus. My God. Needless to say, we we, we saw Blue Man Group, which is off-Broadway. But are you guys excited to see Back to the Future in Broadway in New York? I know I am, so let us know what you feel, how you feel about it. Drop your comments. Let us know if you're a Broadway fan. Do you like like getting the playbill in your hand and going and sitting in in your seat to be your mind be blown by the spectacle and the acting and the singing? It's always about that singing for me, the harmonies, the mm-hmm. vibe, the lighting, the decor, the smell of a theater. is just, oh, my God, it's so good. All right, anyway, the passion. I, I'm passionate about theater, guys. I'm sorry. I should have been a theater major growing up. Austin, what do you got for us? Yeah, uh, I, I'm really excited about this next story. So it's been over two years since Universal Pictures picked up the rights to make the Green Hornet and Kato, mm. uh, but there haven't been really any meaningful updates since then. However, Deadline is reporting that the reboot may finally have a director. The Invisible Man Helmer, Lee Whannell, is in talks uh, to direct the upcoming adaptation of uh, George W. Trindle and Frank Stryker's classic Pulp Heroes. According to the report, Universal's, uh, Universal wanted to get back in business with Whannell mm-hmm, after he delivered Invisible Man to critical acclaim and box office success in the midst of the pandemic, I may add. Uh, it also notes that the Spider-Man scribe, David Kep submitted his script for the film earlier this year, and it may be fast-tracked for pre-production once Winnell signs on. Winnell has only directed three films to date. The Invisible Man, which I love, mm. Upgrade, which I love, and Insidious Chapter 3, which is okay. Yeah. Uh, he is primarily known as a screenwriter for James Wan's Saw, Dead Silence, and the first two Insidious movies. Are you excited to see darker and grittier Green Hornet and Kato, I will start. Yes, please. Uh, yes, 
uh, please Lee Winnell. Every time the guy signs on to anything, I am thrilled, and I think this is a match made in heaven. Joe, what say you? Um, I'm excited because there is some Marvel team members involved in this project. Yeah, man. I'm excited that also, too, they are going to be going for the, the Batman aesthetic as well yes. in that darker, grittier, edgier, early, late 30s style, you know, early 40s, late 30s style storytelling. And um, I would love to see a world just totally drenched in that. Uh, we got a version of this adaptation. It was very mediocre with Seth Rogen back in uh, you know, early yeah. two th- mid-2000s. Mid Sorry, Seth Rogen. Love you, buddy. Uh, Bye. Yeah, it did, did <laughs> not. It was more, it was so cheesy and campy and did not pay homage to the source material that is the Green Hornet. And so for me personally, to actually see a truer adaptation in a darker, grittier world, with 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 that you know almost dark DC vibe that's going on right now with Warner Brothers and DC, yes please, yes 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 yeah. yes yes. Lindsay, what do you think about Green Hornet? Um, as soon as I saw the word saw, I wanted to curl up under my table <laughs> and cry <laughs> and weep. Love and um, I, I, no, 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 <laughs> yes, no, yes. Okay, so, so good. if it's if it's like with you, I have a very small, tolerable range of dark, <laughs> and then it goes into the no zone. So I'm really gonna no. have to just see it and see how far it tests those limits before I'll be able to. Did you see the Batman, around. Lindsay? I did, and it, it and it was it was okay. There okay. were some moments there that I was just it was breaching the gray zone. But, you know, it was fine. So there's a fine, fine so line. if it stays there, if okay. it stays in that lane, I'll be totally fine. So there's a fine line for you in terms of theatrical. Is like yes. you, you want, you, you you can handle yes. a little bit of like yes. Marvel um, fighting. But when it comes to like blood, bones breaking, yeah, ripping your nose off type stuff, you're like, no. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, okay. there's no saw. There's, there, there's a hard line there. For, for but I think if they, I think if they stick to <laughs> Lindsay, did you get a chance to see upgrade? Because that, mm-hmm. that was pushing the boundaries, but, it, and I don't think this will go R rated. So I think this will just keep with that PG 13 darkness, which I believe will, will work. Like uh, well this, this season three, this, this current season of stranger things we're in is dancing on my toe. Oh, I get yeah. it. No, I get it's that. It's dancing it's pretty on my dark. tolerable it's... line. I've had to cover my face multiple times during a couple <laughs> wow. of the moments in this series. So Dude, I was that's kind of where I'm at with that. I was such a weird kid growing up because oh. I give me Robert England all day long, Freddy Krueger, oh, and I was, dude, I was, I was a weird kid growing up. It was your uncles, Austin, my uncles too, that when we would sit and go to the, the video rental store, take the tag off the top of the VGA, VHS box and, and rent... <laughs> You know, Freddy, Mer- uh, Freddy Krueger, Christine, uh, all these crazy movies, you know, Night of the Living Dead and Invasion from yeah. Mars. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like nine years old, eight years old. And I'm like, you know, and of course it didn't phase me because I, yeah. I knew it was I knew it was an art form to make those effects at a, even at an early age. So I appreciate it's interesting. it. Um, John was saying the boys is not for Lindsay. Well, the thing is, is that Lindsay has seen all of the boys and not this new season. I know it's a little bit darker, but yeah. I have seen the the previous boys seasons and it's been fine. All right. Well, then you need to watch the episode for this season called Hero Gasm. And then let me know what you think about that okay. one. All I right. Will certainly all right. You. you let me oh know. And guess I what? I get the last one. Lindsay gets the last one. She and gets the first. And this is actually kind of cool, guys. Uh, guys, you need to start warming up the hot glue guns and getting the, the sewing machines tuned up. Yep. And get your cosplay it's happening, going. Y'all. It's happening, Because this is happening. 
next month, Marvel Studios is returning to Comic-Con. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so three years ago in the pre-pandemic times, Kevin Feige took stage in San Diego to announce Marvel's upcoming slate of Phase 4 projects were that were supposed to be launched the following summer with the release of Black Widow. Unfortunately, COVID-19, we, as we all know, delayed yep. literally everything in life. Everything. <laughs> so... We are now looking at what phase four has for us underway um, and upcoming stuff. So I'm sure he's going to officially announce that Marvel is going to have presence at the Comic-Con this coming July. Whoa. So he, he, he talked about that um, during and confirmed that during his most recent press conference for the Thor Love and Thunder. So uh, needless to say, the studio couldn't have picked a better year to return to Hall H. After going virtual in 2020 and 2021 due to the pandemic, Comic-Con uh, Comic will revert to back to an in-person event next month yeah. for the first time since 2019. Let's go. Good. <laughs> Good. And it sounds like fans won't be disappointed by what Marvel has in store for its own panel. We will be at Comic-Con next month, which we're excited about, said Feige. First time since we were on the stage there three years ago talking about this movie and many others. And now I think almost, but not every, and now I think almost not everything, but almost everything we discussed three years ago that was released. So we are excited to go and talk about the future. future. We always get yeah. excited when Kevin Feige wants to talk about the future of Marvel because he always has such good things to talk about. I, I, you know, I'm super excited because here's the, I don't think if you, if you didn't understand the gist of what Lindsay was reading, this is a big deal for Marvel it's fans because deal. there will means there will be actors present on panels. There will be things announced, hopefully some Fantastic Four, Christmas hopefully some X-Men, hopefully, you know, the, the second phase of phase four, as we see, as we see it coming in, uh, some Black Panther 2. We've got so much stuff coming. I'm gonna it's going to be speculate great. Speculate either a West Coast Avengers or Young Avengers announcement of some kind. Mm -hmm. uh, I I can't wait. I you know, I'm just and I love to watch the lives. If you didn't know this guys, Comic-Con streams a lot of these live. Yes, and so you can watch watch these as yeah. they're, as they're happening. It's just really I remember when they were announcing Phase 4, the one that Lindsay just read in 2019, and they were saying like Thor, Love and Thunder, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, you know, Ant-Man, Quantum Realm, Quantum Mania. And I'm like, what is going on? You I know? think I remember watching yeah. it with you. It was so hype. It was so hype. So good. And now we are literally halfway into Phase 4. Almost, literally Thor, Love and Thunder will be the halfway point of Phase 4. What was so excited about the announcement of Phase 4 is they had just acquired Fox. Fox. That's right. Mm -hmm. So nobody knew what we were going to be getting after the wrap up of Endgame. So, and so, so phase four was like a complete mystery shrouded with a ton of speculation. <laughs> what about the Great Lakes Avengers, says Jeremy Stoltz? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm down with that. Let's go. What about the Windy City Anti Avengers? I don't know about mm. that. That's a whole different. Well, with all that news, what do you think about uh, Marvel being at Comic-Con this year? What do you think about all the news that we read? There's been some fun announce? stuff. 
leave your comment below. If you're if you're listening to this on the audio replay and you're not watching the live stream, you should be watching the live stream because you know. But if you're if you're listening on audio and you're old school like I am, uh, let us know. Leave us a comment or just email us popxcast@gmail.com or just find us on social media and uh, on one of our posts for this episode, just leave a comment and let us know what you think about the news. But with all of that, are you guys ready to? If you build it, he will come. <laughs> are you ready for some retro <laughs> yeah. rewind? Go the distance. Yes. Ease his pain. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll be right back. Retro rewind. Field of dreams with Kevin Costner coming up next. Retro rewind. And we're back on the Retro Rewinds, and we are talking about one of the mo- I say this is probably one of my most passionate movies, aside from the Batman. Batman, Michael Keaton, 1989. And in 1989, this movie, I remember literally being just a young teenager, maybe 12, 13, when it came out. Uh, 10, 10, 11. I think it was around 10, 11. And I remember crying like a baby because... There, I, my family has this huge connection with baseball, and Austin knows this. My dad, I don't know if you knew this, Austin, but my dad, your uncle, would um, take me every summer in July up to watch the Reds play at the old yeah. Synergy Field, Synergy Field, which has been long torn down. And so um, it was always a family tradition. And, you know, I got to see some of the greats. I got to see King Griffey Sr., King Griffey Jr., um, and, and just all those those greats of that era play baseball, and it was just great. And when this movie came out, and another one that hit hit on a chord was Angels in the Outfit. You guys remember that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, such yeah. a good movie. Mm-hmm. Got Christopher Lloyd in it. So we were talking about Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. But this movie in particular, it doesn't need to explain a lot about the scientific nature of the film. It doesn't need to go into that depth. No. It just explores a guy who is troubled and wanting to wrong the right the wrongs of his life and his legacy, and. Not many of us in our life get a chance to do that. We say things, we do things, we hurt people, we make scars, and we go on the rest of our lives living in that wound. But Kevin Costner's character, Ray Kinsella, um, he, he gets an opportunity to right a lot of those wrongs that, of the relationship he and his father had and the things that he took his father granted for. And it's such a beautiful film. I mean, it, it, this film... Seriously, I watched. I watched it. Um, I started watching it on Friday, and I finished it up last night in, in ahead of tonight's Popex. And uh, oh, spoiler alert: it's on Amazon right now for in 4K restored 4K mm-hmm. for the next six days. So yes. if you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you haven't seen it in a while, rather, go mm-hmm. watch it in 4K remastered. Beautiful on Prime yeah, Video. Yeah. But um, I want to go to Lindsay on this one. I want to. Okay. I, I, we're, we're shining the light on Lindsay right I'm now. Not sure. She's not sure about that, Joe. I don't know. <laughs> How does she get the vernacular of what's coming out of my mouth in A-L-E-X-A? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. The G does the same thing to me all the time. Anyways. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, the little robots wow. that rule our world. It's so beautiful. Um, you guys, this week's show, I adore Field of Dreams. I think mm. it's so nice that... And it's interesting, this this show makes 
there's like a, a, a certain feel for certain decades of movies. I get okay. It. So I kind of group this in the nineties. We just kind of push that one in the next decade because I think, I think it's just the way movies are made during this time period and, mm-hmm. and later. I don't know. It's like some, some kind of technology flipped a switch. I don't know. Maybe they upgraded their cameras or whatever it was that the, the style that they film, especially the more dramatic movies, I, it just has a different feel than than like the Goonies or any of the other past movies that we've watched, you know, which, yeah. which you know, I think maybe it's more the soundtrack is is less synthy. So you're getting more of the orchestral, well, the piano emotional too. swelling. Oh, my yeah. God. I love the soundtrack. Da, da, da. This movie is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, and, and music plays such a huge role in your uh, emotional attachment to the story and the characters and everything. So I, I always consider that a big part of a movie that I'm trying to make a judgment on at all. But um, this the story, I mean, Joe, you explained the the main premise of it, beautiful. But there's also like a second premise, an underlying premise of blind faith. It's Ooh. a very um, underlying religious thing like theme that, yeah. that kind of goes through from beginning to end because, you know, he ran, he knows nothing of farming. He buys a farm, mm-hmm. you know, he, he gets this random voice and he actually consults with his wife and they both kind of agree that they, he needs to continue this to see where it goes. And then even whenever it gets to the highest point of stress, he's about to lose everything he's ever worked for. And he still sticks to his guns. Yeah. And it ends up paying off in the end. And so it's kind of like this blind trust and faith and not only your family as a unit, but also just kind of in a higher power, whatever that may mean yeah. to you. So and I, I just want to adore it. I just want to acknowledge the chat right right now, right quick too, sure. before we go to Austin. Such a great performance by James Earl Jones. Jeremy Stoltz, you hit the nail on the head, yeah. my brother. Um, it's so good. And another comment here, rest in peace, Ray, Ray Liotta. One of the reasons I chose this is because Ray Liotta died. He passed away about four or five weeks ago. And, uh, it was one of the, uh, it was on a weekend where Pop X wasn't doing an episode and we didn't get to cover it. But, um, I, I feel with Ray Liotta, I mean, what a legacy of film that, that man leaves behind. And this Ray is one of the few roles he wasn't playing some sadistic mafia serial guy killer. <laughs> or you know he played a lot of gangster roles uh Ray yeah. Liotta especially in his later uh years um but I, I think too one of the most sincerest roles I've ever seen him play and beautifully a rookie uh, you know is just such a great role and we we're honoring Ray Liotta and his legacy tonight in the review of this film by the way mm-hmm. Um, and so this movie, I think the pinnacle is when Ray Kinsella's daughter falls and Archibald Graham has to make a decision on the line, the baseline. Do I stay and live out my dream as a player or do I cross the line and save this man's child who I've never met before? Man. I I have a personal connection with that. Um, I actually was that little girl. Oh no. <laughs> I didn't I wasn't choking on a hot dog, but um my dad used to play on a company team and I was at the top of the bleachers and I was like four years old and I fell off the back. And oh, they no. had to rush me to the hospital in ambulance. Holy and ambulance. Like, oh my goodness. Scar in the back of my head. So I kind of have a personal attachment to that moment. Wow. So oh, little little personal share there for you guys. 
But um, yeah, that was a beautiful, a beautiful moment. And I mean, it just harkens back to the, the, it, it um, justifies the time spent with him in the library researching this guy yeah. for so long in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And then they pick him up on the side of the Minnesota younger version, yeah. and you don't even realize that's who they picked up until later. Archie. Whenever he I decides am Archie. to come on, Archie Graham. Archie Graham. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Austin so, Burke. Oh. I, I got to hear, man. The film critic. The, uh, what is your take on this classic? Uh, this is a great movie. This is this is a movie that you know I recall watching with my dad growing up, and Same. I I remembered. The, the feeling that I got while watching the movie, but it, it's been so long, I, I didn't really remember the specifics of the film. And that's what Lindsay brought up, the point of operating uh, with blind faith. And, and you know, not only Costner's character, but you also have the scene where he goes and, and meets Terrence. And, you know, Terrence is very, very skeptical of everything going on. They go to the game and he sees the sign. The, the scene where he appears in front of the car all of a sudden kind of gave me a little, little jump scare there. I'm like, oh. Well, what's going on, man? But then you have this, you know, James Earl Jones and Kevin Costner. They're both now Magic. operating. Yeah, they're they're operating under blind faith. And I love that. It's it's such a beautiful I think Ray Liotta is amazing in the in this movie. The first time that he actually appears and then the, the scene where they go out and actually play baseball for a little bit. It's just very quiet movie too, right? I, I forgot how it was. Quiet this it was, was. There's a lot of moments of solace. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, whether it be he and his wife just kind of going over all that they're they're in debt and they're struggling, and he continues to do it. He continues to make these decisions, and every now and then you get a scene where a lot of people are involved, like when she's standing up and everyone's raising their hands, right? Yeah. But for the most part, it's a quiet. You got the piano in the background, a very and this did get a best picture nomination, which you know. It's one of those that kind of got a little pushback of, well, there were better movies at the time, and this is more of like audience-friendly, but I don't think audience-friendly is a bad thing. I think this does no. everything you want a sports movie to do. I'm a big sports movie buff. Same. I'm not a huge baseball guy per se. I'm much more of a football, basketball guy. But this made me want to be like, all right, let's go watch a baseball game. You know, watch yeah. this movie. It just yeah, got man. me into that spirit. Have a cold exactly one and a big dog and some nachos. Baseball is always such a big theme anyways, but I feel like, especially this time era of when movies were coming out, and I don't know if this triggered it or if it was just a part wow. of it, there were so many different baseball movies. Yeah, there was. Oh, Major yes. League, so Angels many, in the like Outfield. Comedy for yeah. kids, dramatic ones. Well, this is one of the dramatic was, ones. But The MLB so had this different. major revival in the mid to late 80s. And oh, yeah. They were going on the oh, coattails yeah. of the Michael Jordan fame because the Major League Baseball That's was... Right. Well, no, here's the he thing. I, he did. Well, they were going off of that. He switched in the late 90s uh, right. when he was playing. But um, interestingly enough, Major League Baseball started seeing the potential, like, we need to have an all-star athlete, somebody that fans will want to come and rally behind. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you had Pete Rose, you had, you had, you had, you know, Ryan, uh, Nolan Ryan, who pitched for the Texas Rangers. You had some greats out there that yeah. were doing, uh, doing some, some amazing, uh, just numbers and craziness. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr., uh, Ozzie Smith, this list goes on and on. Um, but, Crime Dog, Fred McGriff. I can just keep going on. There's a lot <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Wade Box, third uh, third baseman. Anyway, um, but I'm a little bit of a baseball junkie, guys. I have you have <laughs> no idea. Um, 
But for me, this was kind of like there was a revival like around like 86, 87 for baseball. Like there was a revival for NBA. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. You had that whole thing. And it was just so good to see that there's there's these films that are etched in history that was a part of that legacy when the MLB yeah. rose back into fame. And uh, for me, definitely Field of Dreams is one of those. And uh, it definitely Burt Lancaster, too. Uh, John Poffenbarger over in the chats. Uh, he, he played Archie Graham, the older version of Archie Graham. Yeah. Classic actor from the 20s and 30s, Burt Lancaster. Uh, if you don't know who that is, I don't know. Who, you've been living under a rock or something. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I'll share this little bit of information. We'll go into our official review. Then we're going to go into Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, this film was approached by, uh, as Shoeless Joe was an original name of it, but they were approached to Fox, and Fox actually snubbed the idea. This film was only shot and budgeted for $15 million, which would end up grossing over $84 million. That's a whole yeah. Good going, Fox. You missed Good one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's let's give our official review of Field of Dreams. Uh, is there anything we didn't cover in this in this review that I don't think there's any like spoilers or crazy Easter eggs that we no. need to? It's it's a straightforward Straight movie. Straightforward. It Simple. knows what it is. It knows what it needs to do. Story. Yeah. yeah. There's no profanity, no vulgarity. It's a straight wholesome yep. movie. And might I add, my favorite Kevin Costner film. I want to say one more thing while I'm thinking about this. 2019. They, I'm glad you're saying this. In 2019, Kevin Costner reprised his, reprised his role as Frank Kinsella for the Major League Baseball. They ended up building a Major League, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, an official size stadium beside the stadium that they filmed mm-hmm. in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And they did a, a, a game for, for all time's sake, the, the, the White Sox and the Yankees. And wow. it was just amazing. They had and the Kevin, vintage uniforms Guys, on. get and on YouTube. The, yeah. the team came on through like the, a the fake cornfield. cornfield. Yeah. It was so cool. As they were introduced, they walked through the back of the field, through the corn, into the stadium. It was the coolest. It was, it, well, it was, it was so awesome. It was the 30th anniversary of the movie. Yeah. It homage. Was, it was great. If you guys, literally after tonight's show, get on YouTube, 2019 Field of Dreams MLB. Very touching. Very. Touching. It's nine minutes long. It, it. If you're a fan of Field of Dreams, you've got to watch this. You've got to watch this. All right. So let's do our official review. Lindsay, you went first. Um, I'm gonna do eight point seven. Beautiful. That's a great Good. score, Austin. Going uh, eight point four. Beautiful. Nice. Eight point four. I'm gonna go at eight point nine. Uh, the film came out in 89. It gets an 8.9. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, across like the board, guys, seriously, what is your score? We want to know. Leave your comment down below in the live stream. Let us know. Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. That's exactly <laughs> right, Alicia. Alicia knows. Oh, man, we were sure. I had some slides here. I got so carried away in talking. We got James Earl Jones, and there's the uh, picture of, of Ray with his daughter on the bleachers uh, right before the uh, the hot dog incident, and then they got the 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 guys going into the literal corn, vanishing away. Um, I kind of want to know what happened to James Earl Jones's character Terrence Mann when he went into the cornfield. Yeah. There's a story there that needs to be told. I'd like to know what happened. Yes, there. but um, from all of he us, he had no unfinished business. Let's just say that he didn't. Uh-huh. His legacy was done, and that was interesting. All right, so we're going to move on into Obi Wan Kenobi, guys. If you have not seen Obi Wan the series on Disney Plus, you might want to hit that pause button 
go watch it, enjoy the series, and then come back to episode 143. Because we're going to be talking about uh, all kinds of crazy stuff as well. Uh, really quick before we move on, I had a couple of things I wanted to share. Uh, this is really quick on the, the, the term of Field of Dreams. I just saw this in my notes, and I had to share it. Ray Liotta's line drive that knocked over the bag of balls on Kevin Costner actually did happen, and that was a sheer fluke. Um, <laughs> yes. Wow. Listen to this. Now, there was a massive drought in Iowa during the filming of this, so thousands of pallets of green grass were brought in to make the baseball field. But due to the haste and planning, and there was a slight drought, uh, shooting schedules, Kevin Costner had to leave in August to film Revenge. The grass was not able to grow, and it ended up dying. And in order to keep the green grass, the production crew just simply painted it. Oh, the so there you go. Red, right? And here's a crazy one. Tom Hanks was originally offered as the role of Ray Kinsella. Mm. What? So I don't go. think he would have. I mean, I, I love me some Tom Hanks. I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan, but I don't think this yeah. would have been a good fit. I, I for don't him. think so either. I think I think it, I'm glad they you know they yeah. saved all of his star power for, for yeah. stuff. Alrighty, uh, <laughs> all right. So we are going to Obi Wan Kenobi. Beyond this point, you have been warned. Don't go anywhere, Obi Wan Kenobi. You are about to enter a pop pop Spoiler alert. Beyond this point. There is no return. You have been warned. All right. You have been warned, ladies and gentlemen, and we are talking about, oh my gosh, what a series, what a show, what a reprisal of a character that we haven't seen in almost 20 years. Can we just give it up for you, McGregor? I, just, I mean, you and McGregor, I'm a oh huge fan my of, God. Huge fan Hayden of Christensen. Can we give it a, oh my God. Yeah. This show literally brought back all the feels of when I was in college, when this original series came out. The prequels. The prequels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. There's so much depth. There, there's depth of a character we didn't even know we, we knew we wanted to know, Mm -hmm. but now we knew we had to know. There is so much there to unpack. And I'll be honest with you. Hayden Christensen went on, um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, no, I'm sorry, Jimmy Fallon, the other night, and he's like, I I wish there needs to be a season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, I'm, I don't know what, what more of the story needs to be told that's already not been told, but evidently right. Hayden Christensen enjoyed getting in the suit so much that he yeah. wants to come back and be Darth Vader again. You yeah. Know? And so, uh, but this show literally fires on so many cylinders, and there's so many cameos, there's so many Easter eggs, to not just the original series of George Lucas, the prequels, but also in canon, the Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars. There's a lot of, I mean, from from Jedis that are frozen in, in, in the vault down, be- down below the, the fortress base, and we're like, wait, was that, was that, you know, and you're like, what? It's just insane. I want to go to Austin this time. We went to Lindsay on Field of Dreams, Austin. Just give us, just kind of skim the surface and unpack a little Obi Wan for us. What are your thoughts? Sure, man. I, I, um, boy, I, I didn't think it would be as divisive a, as it is. I didn't mm-hmm. think that would be the case, you know, because the the yeah. <laughs> some people uh, attacking Reva just yeah that because was, of yeah ridiculousness and, and and all of this. And granted, I had my issues with the inquisitors at the beginning of the show but i was so enamored by the first two episodes like thinking to myself 
the the sheer level of setup that they're doing for what could happen and what ultimately did happen in that final episode got me super excited, <laughs> right? And it does hit a bit of a lull. I, I thought episode four was kind of a weak episode, to be honest with you. There are some great moments in it, but I, I wasn't as into the Reva thing as it was progressing because I kind of saw it where, where it was going. Yeah. Ultimately, it ended up going there, which was cool. Um, but what I want to talk about here is what I personally took home from the show, and that is filling in the gaps of Obi-Wan and progressing that story yeah. so beautifully into, and maybe we get something after this, but into A New Hope. Because now, and, and even that fight, and I saw someone, this is this is kind of an original thought, but I saw someone mention this on Twitter, um, that fight between he and Darth in A New Hope, where he refers to Darth Vader as Darth and not mm. Anakin. I'm thinking to myself, what? how did he go from calling him Anakin to calling him Darth, right? And then we get the battle in episode six, and that very last time when he's walking away, when his helmet was slashed, mm -hmm. he calls him Darth. And I'm like, I, he, he is no longer Anakin. And he yep. says that. You didn't kill Anakin. I, I killed Anakin. I did. And those are the moments from episode six that I'm just like, how are people not seeing this? Like, maybe the show was up and down inconsistent, but for me, one of the best moments in Star Wars history, that final battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, it was everything I truly wanted it to be. And I was super thrilled with, with the result of what the show was able to deliver. Right. Again, you know, I have my issues. Yeah. Well, we may get into it. Maybe not. But for the most part, man, what they delivered in terms of Star Wars is just um, it was it was top tier. It was top. -tier. It was I mean, there. Like, I agree with you. There was a couple episodes that kind of had me a little bit of well, I call them sleeper episodes. So, like, it's just yeah. it's building up to something, you know, uh, like the Reva, uh, her trying to gain the respect of the uh, Inquisitors and the fifth brother and and. And just all all of that, like her character, uh, I think it's mo. Uh, was it? Um, what was her name? Um, uh, shoot, uh, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, third sister, third sister. That's it. Reva. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that Moses Ingram? That's Moses Ingram, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I was, I was a little taken back by that one episode. I think it's three or four. The one you were talking about is kind of slow. Where yeah, Obi Wan is is in he's in the bowels of this facility, he's walking through, and he discovers that all, some of the Jedi weren't killed; they're actually trophies, in a way. Yes. This is kind of sad. Um, and so it, there's a, there's a definitely a dark part to it, but there was a couple of the moments that kind of didn't get me too excited. But the finality of it, wrapping it all up in Episode Six for me, it was definitely like, um, and I didn't really, I, I didn't really foresee the whole Leia story arc as yeah, her being the one being nice kidnapped touch. she was kind of the conduit into which he got back into his role as general kenobi and um something that he hadn't been doing for 10 years you know he's been on tatooine watching uh with binoculars a little kid grow up and so uh interesting uh take on that but in the middle of all of that they are merging an old school character that we're also near and dear to, whether you're, you know, you and McGregor or the original, original three with New Hope, um, and just sprinkling in like more Star Wars canon from Rebels and Clone Wars. That is like, how are these characters going to interact? Like, if we put an Obi Wan Kenobi with an Inquisitor, you know, how is that going to go? You know, 
And uh, we had that moment. Uh, you, you guys saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers Flea moment, right? When Flea was, was one of the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yelled was, at my TV. Yeah, you can't yeah. miss it. You know we're, we're huge Chili Pepper fans Oh, here, we are. Right? We yeah. are, too. And so I was like, that's Flea! And yeah. my husband was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so he played Vec to Norku, uh, which is one of these like, like renegade guys. That. So he was the, kind of the yeah. conduit that kidnapped Leia. And then yeah. Leia was sold to the... It was just crazy how the whole story. What a creepy came. little guy to be yeah. stealing a yeah, girl. He yeah, he was. Anyways. And then he got sliced up by love an inquisitor. You, yeah, <laughs> you creepy, but you, I love you. <laughs> but he, he, he kind of got shredded into a million pieces uh, by the Grand Inquisitor, <laughs> which was uh, interesting to watch. Um, yes. But um, for me, though, is definitely that finality. Uh, if you go back to the prequels, there's that scene where. He's like, no, don't. I have the high ground. Don't do it, Anakin. And then Anakin jumps, and then, of course, he cuts off his legs. And and it's almost as if he's spending his entire existence trying to gain the high ground on Obi-Wan Kenobi, but Anakin can never do it. And just when you thought that he had the high ground on on Obi, uh, it's just like all of a sudden there's this emergence of the Force that just... Something we haven't seen Obi-Wan. Can, this is like Yoda-type stuff at this moment. I mean, he just ex- explodes in terms of the Force. Yeah. And we see the Force in all, I say, Ray in, in, the, in the last trilogy to that level of just, you know, uncanny power, uh, pure power. And it was awesome to see. And that was probably one of his <laughs> last big hurrahs as, as that character. But um, so let's go over to Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay, what did you think about um, the series? I was absolutely thrilled whenever they announced this yeah. <laughs> years ago that this was yeah. happening. Um, I'm a huge Ewan McGregor fan. Always have been since since you know Big Fish and and Moulin Rouge and all the other ones that roles that he's played. But this one is one of his most iconic, most popular roles that he's known for. And so I was so excited he was finally picking up that lightsaber once again. And Mm -hmm. the fact that it was set, obviously, between the two trilogies, Mm. filling in a massive gap for Luke and Leia's storyline between infancy and adulthood, there is a lot of ground to cover. And so I'm so glad that we get to have at least a couple of breadcrumbs to lead us down that path a little bit further. There's a lot more story to be told, obviously, but um, I feel that there is a constant internal struggle Mm. that that um we are on the journey of Mm -hmm. with obi-wan and i feel like that's the main overarching storyline that we're dealing with him carrying a very large weight of guilt not only for what happened to anakin but also to all of the other and leia and leia and the and in the luke and and you know uh Padme and everybody involved in that whole oh, situation. Oh my gosh, that he scene. feels like he's responsible for literally everything. That same when he's describing the mother. And the reason oh. why is because he went against his own master's wishes. Qui-Gon warned him not to train him. He did. And he did it anyways. Yep. And so now it is all coming back to haunt him. And wow. so he's constantly trying to reach out to his master, not getting any response entering de- just dealing with this guilt and trying to overcome all of the moments that he feels like he has misstep in his path and so i think that's the big takeaway here with this it the the, the fighting is cool yeah the, the face off with with darth a couple of times was really cool but this is really about obi-wan making peace 
Yeah, you're right. With himself and his past choices and no longer lingering in the past and looking to the future and being a guiding light for both Leia and Luke moving forward. That's that's a beautiful way to put it. I mean, um, the story is 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 so enamoring in terms of the complexity. Uh, it's simple, but it getting to the finality is a little more complex. And I, I typically admire stories like that because you know, as you always, yeah. uh, there's in, the antagonist is kind of like what I call it. You know, you're just like, let's just get to the battle. Let's show me Anakin I, and and Obi Wan. And aside from Obi Wan, I feel <laughs> Leia is a massive standout. The oh, little girl yeah. that played that character. We have a slide of her here. End, from the look. There you go. Look at that look right there. The Holy tenacity cow. and the stubbornness and her just quick wit, all the way through the uh, her ability to show emotion or lack mm -hmm. of emotion when she found out that Obi Wan was theoretically dead when she was captive and. You know, all of that, she, she's just showing what true Leia is going to be in the future and yeah. as she was portrayed in the movies yeah. before. And we got to see some Alderaan, you know, which yes. is nice. And, yes. and and it was nice to see, uh, what was it, General Organa, her her adopted father, reprise yes. the roles. It was good to see some familiar yeah. faces so nice. come back. Um, it was nice to see all of that. Um, Austin, you got any thoughts on uh, any of that? Yeah, I thought young Leia was incredible. And I love how, you know, most people thought going in that it was going to be a Luke story, but it turned out to be mostly a Leia story, which was a nice touch. It kind of yeah. uh, flipped those expectations on their heads, which, we, which was cool. for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I like some of the newcomers, too. I thought um, Safdie's character in the first episode, who inevitably gets uh, killed, I thought he was a nice, nice little character that maybe I wanted some more of. A Kumail Nanjiani was... It was funny. He was a nice touch in there, and then um, those very those very brief and and subtle exchanges, right between, uh, say, a Leia and an Obi Wan, when uh, she, what she gives him the robot, he gives it back to her. Uh, you know, he ends up going over to Luke and handing him uh, what, what is it the the, the fighter star, tie fighter yeah. yeah yeah the tie fighter which yeah. was just like all these all these little nods little and then the hello there it's yeah. just like and I understand they're playing some of it up for nostalgia. But it didn't, and people disagree. The comment section, it was insane. Yeah. But I don't think it was Rise of Skywalker level playing to nostalgia. I think this was, it felt natural. It felt like it belonged. And I really enjoyed just the levels that were with including those Easter eggs. I, I thought it worked well yeah. with the series. We're looking at a screen right now of Hayden Christensen reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker uh -huh, during so the cool. the early, I guess, uh, uh, they're on... Um, was it Naboo? I think it looks yeah. like they're on uh, Naboo, uh, maybe because yeah. I'm seeing some greenery in the background. Each other with each um, other. But yeah, mm -hmm. and and so they both have blue lightsabers, and even in this, Anakin's still trying to get the upper hand in the fight that they're having. I love the flashback between that specific. Wasn't that scene interesting? And the awesome. actual like storyline that they were. Yeah, the the flashbacks to the training as a Jedi. And the fact that he is remembering how Anakin thinks and behaves, yeah, it has not changed. No, and it's and even so. He's just like exacerbated, you know, because as he he's not going to change his behavior. Yeah, you know, yeah, I agree. Uh, I thought the flashbacks were great. I mean, yeah, I know Hayden's and Hayden's uh, aged a little bit, but. I mean, they did John, some great CGI John work. John says to make sure we shout out Uncle Owen. I think that he was a oh, great yeah. character. Yeah. He was, he was very hateful. Yeah. I think he was more just being extra protective. 
Yeah. Sure. And fearful because he has become this father role for yes. Luke. Uh, but uh, I think that he was extra hateful to um, yeah, Obi-Wan. Yeah. Was it ever shared in the original? Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Owen and his wife ever able to have children? No. That's well, why. I think they were. I don't I, think I, so. I don't think so. So that's why they were given Luke. Yes. Yeah. And okay, that makes some. That makes a lot yes. more sense. Um, but yeah, I get you. And it was such a great uh, Owen. It, his character was such a great nod, especially the one scene in, in the town square. Where you know he could have gave him away. Have you guys seen the Jedi? Yep. And there's you know, of course you know Obi Wan over in the corner hiding behind a pillar, and yeah. uh, he, he didn't rat him out. So there's some loyalty there, but he's like, mm-hmm. I didn't do this for you. And you yeah. know it's like that, those those kinds of lines, and I was like, oh man, that's hardcore. Yeah. It's like he could get, he could care less about a Jedi, but it, I don't think he understands what he's. He doesn't want Luke Raising. to know that he even exists because exactly. then Luke is going. He's afraid of losing. Well, Luke. there'll be there'll be a yeah. bounty on his head, you know. Essentially, yes. uh, so we've got. Um, so the Inquisitor was played by Rupert Friend, which was amazing. Uh, kind of a nice little. Uh, he died in the first episode and then come back. That was kind yeah. of interesting. I was like, Ah, oh, yeah. you thought I was dead, but I'm not. <laughs> I really <laughs> enjoyed Fifth Brother and his his snarkiness it oh, was yeah. basically jealousy of that's swords. uh that's soon kang soon kang played a great role in in the fifth yep. brother and uh, i'm just looking down here um uh, indira varma was played by did, you, did you guys enjoy the 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 third sister backstory where she it was the, interesting the younglings and yeah. that whole thing that i felt like i don't know i i understand how it ties in but it was almost like a distraction to me. Well, it, it goes into bit. Clone Wars, I believe. Even I think it's I think it's Rebels, um, where some of the surviving Jedi were trained and brainwashed to become part of the Inquisitor mm-hmm. army. Yes. So that that is tying into the animated. I mean, that part canon. I can follow and, and be on board with. But where she was not brainwashed, she was just she made her know, own mind up to be an Inquisitor as opposed to not yeah. being a Jedi. Yeah, I get because it. she was like hunting him. And like her entire, like every move that she made was to try to get. Well, one she felt Obi Wan should have been there to protect them. He wasn't, yeah, and that's why. She, weird. That was that, that, that part was the weird part for me in the series. I was like, I, this I, is I, I think a that twisted. part. I think that might be part of too what uh, Austin maybe having some issues with too. I think that area could have been more fleshed out. I, yeah, what? Well, it I was just wasn't hoping, in the right place. Yeah, I wanted them to. It was it was too like I I saw it the first two episodes I'm like it does feel like she's going to be a part of that group of the younglings and this and that but right. what what are we going to get that's going to surprise us with her character right. but it kind of just went as planned and there were moments between her and Darth Vader where Darth Vader could have just like eh, and he didn't and I'm like well Vader would have probably should have killed even her even though that he point. knew that she was doing it but he let her do it anyways that part yeah, was well, just like. He's a Sith yeah. Lord. He knows the intent already. Yeah. Yeah. Why, so what that's do you, why you kind of go, mm, yeah. like three episodes like earlier, kinda, we could have <clears throat> taken care of that. Yeah. I feel yeah. like he could have mushed her. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I stop. I squish your yeah. little head. Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. Head. God. Yeah. It was um, just, that was that was my issue. Is there were some the only inconsistencies with, with what, like, you know, Vader not taking this person out, but then taking that person, like just things like that. It, it didn't hurt the Obi-Wan Darth Vader beauty that we got 
yeah. at the end of the day. But uh, it was but like a side story that I don't feel it was necessary for this short of a season. Sure. Excuse me, that was whistling. Sure. But um, no, yeah, I, I agree with you, short Lindsay. Short amount of time. I don't. I don't feel like that story was necessary to get to the end. I, I think and, and leave. I think the premise game. of the entire series is Anakin and Obi Wan. Yes. Yeah. How do they get to that? And interweave side characters, new characters, cameos. I mean, unless you know. they're intending on doing a third sister spinoff, which I don't, uh, I don't nah, see that. Happening. I've actually <laughs> heard. I've heard rumors that they are. Ooh. Oh, yep. Man. No, thank Which you. to me, you know, I just, I think the hate she got was completely unwarranted, but I yeah. wasn't in love with the performance. So I do think there are some very valid criticisms with her performance, but she was just uh, so yeah, they're angry. Yeah. She was, yeah. I, I think, you know what? I may divide the, the chat when I say this. I think that um, she was, she was kind of thrown into some seasoned actors that are deep into canon and she was given sure. such That's a fair. pivotal role yep. that there was no substantial ground of that role being formed prior to this series because yes. nobody knew who the third sister was yeah. until now. That's a and, good point. She you was know, really the only major new character with a role like that. But yeah. there was, I mean, uh, other than the 60-second backstory of you know Order 66 being carried out, it was about it. It's like, okay. I feel, I feel like if they would have just left it with, you know, maybe giving her backstory and her motivation, but not attempting to <laughs> have a finality of Jared. that in this series, then sure. maybe that would justify her having a series. But at this point, her story is done. Yep. Jeremy and Chat, I want a Lola series. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, there always yes. has to be there always has to be a droid in a in a Star Wars series or movie. Did that you guys you see Anthony Daniels as three PO? Yeah, three PO yes. was in there. Yes. Yeah, yeah and great. do you know he's the only actor in Star Wars canon in live action to be in every single cinematic <laughs> portrayal? That's fantastic. Oh my god! Interesting tidbit for you. It's incredible. Uh, so of he's course great. we uh, need to talk about Ian McDermott coming back as Palpatine. Mm. Yes, he and did. Hello, executed. Yes, no, wow. He was questioning whether his no. loyalty there at the end. Did anybody that want to great. really see a Mace Windu? I yeah. did. I I really I wanted did. to see. I really wanted to see Mace Windu. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I really yeah, wanted no. to see that. Didn't get it, but That's I really great. wanted to see it. Also, we had some crazy uh, some cameos down in the locker. I was telling you, I'm I'm adjusting my knee brace down here, so don't think I'm doing anything You're weird. Uh, Tara <laughs> Sanube. Well, you might know that name from Clone Wars. Uh, Quinlan Voss. You guys may may know oh, those names. Uh, it was it was dude. There was so many down in there, and you could not freeze frame it and go through. Those are some of the just the highlights. But we need to talk about Liam Neeson, Qui Gon Jinn. Yes. Uh, I first had to pause the frame to see if it was CGI. It was not CGI. <laughs> It was actually Liam Neeson in the getup as quiet. At the end, I would have been very disappointed if he didn't show up. Because he kept calling out to him. Yeah, the he did. And it, I was like, it, it there be, has be to be. Disappointing. And he followed him into the canyon, dude. It's like, it's, it's like, about time you got here. Uh, it's like, jeez. I've been here. Right. We've been calling you on speed dial <laughs> these for are, episodes now. These are not the episodes you're looking for. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in my brain right now. Uh, but anyway, uh, I thought. What a great way to wrap up a series. I mean, honestly, they could have gave us episode six and be done with the rest of it. Yep. 
Yeah, it was beautiful. Force, who's this? <laughs> yeah, a well, third sister. What? What? Yeah. Um, but um, I do hope cinematically they expand on the Inquisitor storyline to give us some more depth. I would have really appreciated more depth on third sister. Um, just not being an established character in in a world of established decade old yeah. characters kind of is like okay um who are you again um also too did anybody see the clone war veteran uh did anybody see boba fett reprise his role as one of the veterans in the city yes yeah wasn't yeah. that cool man that was great yeah that was so neat to see him come back as that uh was it tamar tamar morrison i believe is, is his yeah. name um veteran clone trooper penny for jane sir uh yeah it's awesome but uh, we're I think have we have we hit on we've hit on most all of the big things I believe all the big pieces I all the big so. pieces of the puzzle um, and so chat looks like they're really they're, they're agreeing with us to some extent um, you know kind of going along with um, what we got so Luke Sky Wanker <laughs> I love that that's an amazing <laughs> name bro. That's great. That's great. Oh man. my god, I love our chat. It's amazing. But hey, I'll uh, tell you one thing. Our yeah. chat has been very positive because what I've been experiencing has not been this. What I've been experiencing has been a lot of anger yeah. in the comment sections across the board, and, well, and a lot of a lot of critics, man, have not liked this show. So uh, I, I I felt sort of alone until mm. I think like Chris Stuckman, a big critic, came out and said he he really enjoyed the series. And look. It was definitely inconsistent across the board, but when you deliver one of the highest points in Star Wars history, I just think a lot of expectations, and who knows, maybe this will be like the prequels because we remember back 20 years ago, people hated the prequels. Yep. They hated Hayden Christensen. They hated them. People forget that because everybody was kids, but now that everybody's grown. We love the prequels and the new stuff. And granted, some of the new stuff, look, Rise of Skywalker is not a good movie, but no, I think in the TV space, they've done a really nice job. And Obi-Wan for me, while inconsistent. The internet's mad it, again. <laughs> oh, man. It's, for me, it's, it's Star Wars Phantom is the one that I just, like, I, I stopped doing episode reviews. I'm like, I can't take this. I can't take it wow. anymore. But, but the way that they ended it all off and brought together, I think, the majority of these storylines. And I just had a smile on my face watching. When you allow Ewan McGregor to carry not only star wars on his back but a, a an iconic character with iconic interactions all throughout the show i thought he nailed it but it really was like ewan and hayden having a conversation rather than you know anakin and it, it just yeah, felt like no. the two actors yeah, so proud and happy and 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 just joy filled to be back in the roles and i felt that like that translated yeah. if you see the all interviews the oh my god they're like kids in a candy store whenever they're like yeah. showing how they're practicing with their sword fighting and stuff again oh my gosh it's like best buddies that are reunited for the first time in years yes. yeah yeah there's just a general loving every love, second of it there's a general passion for what they do yes and these are roles that are so iconic i mean as an actor that solidified yourself some 20 years ago as Obi-Wan and, and young Anakin slash Darth, um, that is stepping back into that role is mm -hmm. epic. It's like Michael Keaton stepping back into the Batman. 
Yeah. You know, it's, 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 which he will be. Um, it, it, it's insane. I, I would even, you know, wager to say that Star Wars is definitely, you know, several notches up above that because Star Wars is just so, you know, timeless. But anyway, yeah. speaking of Lucasfilm, I started watching Indiana Jones again last night. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting back into that series in, in, in hype and the nice. expectation of the fifth one coming out. But um, so with all the same things said, let's go ahead and give our official series review. Um, so I think who went first on this Austin. one? Austin went first. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I, I do feel a couple of the criticisms out there. I think there have been some wonderful reviews that are very negative on the show and they give their reasons why. And, and, uh, some criticisms like uh, people say the cinematography is a little dull, a little bland. Like it's, it's kind of dark that fight at the end. But for me, it was the contrast of the lightsabers. It was the, the, the blue hue and the red hue and the way that they did that with those characters. I found the final fight to look pretty good. If you ask me. And I found the final episode to just, kind of nail it again one of the best star wars things i've ever seen so my score for this all of that calculated is a 7.8 out of 10 uh it's a positive i enjoyed it had a good time with it and uh i think there were some really high highs with this good deal uh Lindsay. yeah um i'm gonna go with um an an 8.0 a solid eight uh there were obviously there are bits that that could have been better but nothing was horrible right something i can really complain about too much I mean, it's going to be a really bad fight scene if you don't have it dark and smoky when you're doing a lightsaber fight. So if it's sure. anything other yeah. than that, it's not going to look good. So you guys are just going to have to suck it up. So <laughs> not, not super. Here's what I'll say about it. The, the prequel fights, while beautifully choreographed and whatnot, yeah. they're very green screeny. I didn't mm-hmm. feel that with this series. Granted, technology no. and whatever, but no. I didn't feel that as much with this series, which was nice. No, no. I appreciate I appreciate it. it. I'm glad that it's there. I'm glad that we got that story. And yes. so I, I feel like it needed to be told. And I feel like there needs to be a couple of other stories, maybe from different points of view, um, not just Obi-Wan's storyline, but maybe some other characters that kind of um, piece the the big gap of time in between the two trilogies together. I, I think I would yes. enjoy that. Yeah. I'm going to echo Lindsay Badger here. I'm going to go with an 8.0 as well nice. uh, on my score. So we got a 7.8. Uh, was that Austin? And then eight eights yeah. across the board. Chad, what is your review of Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus? We want to know. Drop your number in, in, the, in, in the chat right now if you're on the live stream. If you're listening on the audio podcast, let us know. Uh, find us on social media, one of our posts about episode 143, and let us know what you thought about this show as well. And, and, and are you excited if they could be a possible third sister spinoff or Obi-Wan season two? Uh, what would you? How do you feel about that? Do you think that there's more story there to be told, or do you think they should just leave it alone? Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Drop a comment down below. Uh, so we got uh, Poffenbarger says he's going to go with 7. Uh, Record Entertainment says 10 out of 10. Uh, Diamond Dez, 8.0. I cried a lot. Gray Fox with a 5 <laughs> out of 10. Uh, Luke Skywanker with a 9.9. So it looks like, for the most yes. part, you guys are on a um, on the high end. 8.7 from Gabe Salcino. I agree uh, with you. Luke with the uh, I never dreamed in any reality that I would have flea in the in the Star Wars universe <laughs> so true. that right there added at least an extra point yeah that does <laughs> that does add an extra point I, I have to agree with you and great scores across the board from everybody joining us right now in the chat yes. room 
You guys have been so great tonight on this episode as we get ready to wrap things up here. Um, what a fun episode. Uh, just I wanted to make sure that we deep dive deep into this. And um, I, I felt genuinely, especially the last couple of episodes, were just so good. So good. Yeah. The final episode was just sheer glory between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan awesome. Kenobi. And that. Well Definitely rewatchability, for sure. Uh, so uh, enjoy that as well. But with all of that said, guys, we are going to wrap things up here on this episode 143 of PopX Cast. And uh, again, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us back-to-back weekends. There's a lot coming out in the next few weeks. And uh, Thor 11 Thunder Thunder will be our episode 144. Guys, we are getting close to episode 150. Can you believe that? That's pretty darn exciting. That's crazy. 150 on PopX Cast. I remember when we uh, turned 100, and it just it seemed like just a couple months ago. But yeah. here we are, uh, yeah. 150, uh, getting getting close to it. But uh, Thor: Love and Thunder comes out June the July the seventh, July the eighth. I'll be seeing it on the seventh. Uh, but uh, we're going to try our best to do the show the following week. I will be in Atlanta. I will be in Georgia for that weekend. If if I can figure out a way to do it in Atlanta, we might. But I don't think I want to have all my fancy uh, live stream stuff here that I have on this this computer, my streaming computer. But you never know. We may figure something out in the week ahead. So, But um, all of that said, Austin Burke, are you ready to wrap this up? I am. I also just another shout out to everybody in, in the live chat. I mean, Great positives, great negatives. Some people brought up some amazing points. I'm sitting here going, yeah, you guys, you guys were just awesome tonight. So thank you for being here and, and being so amazing. But uh, yes. I'm Austin Burke at The Burkinator. You guys can search me, find me tomorrow. I'm seeing minions in Cincinnati. The rise Let's of go. The, the rise of Gru. The rise of Gru. Let's go. The rise of Gru. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, we are part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media, artwork, and more. Find us on Find our banana? Words. Joel, I want to take you with me so bad. And now on Discord, at the Creative Multiverse, if you guys are a creative, produce content, or have a talent, we want to see it. And we'd like for you guys to share it with us in the multiverse. So go into that Discord and do that right now. I do the thing. Yes, 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 yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep, yep, yep. And then uh, me over here, I'm uh, Lindsay Badger. You can find me at hey, Badger Makes for all the art goodness, LR Badger for all of the normal goodness. Um, and you can also find Pop X Cast pretty much anywhere there's social media available. The handle is at Pop X Cast. And uh, if you want to send us an email, got any comments or suggestions you can send us to us that way via email uh popxcast at gmail.com and of course our beautiful website popxcast.com has all the good information for you about past shows future shows gear anything else that you want to know about popx it's all in there it is it's right there and uh too over in the chat they was talking about miss marvel um i i do believe on the next episode or two we we will probably review that series as well oh yeah uh, it's, it's it's shaping up. I'm really interested. Uh, some of the the ways it's coming together is very interesting, and I like the way it's shot. So um, we will definitely try to do our best to talk about that. And then I also put the Discord link in the chat if anybody. Oh, it. look at you dropping nice. the Discord link! All right, thank you, thank you, Benzie. 
Appreciate that. Uh, I'm Joseph Burke, a.k.a. at Joseph Burke Arts. You can find us all over the web. Um, it's not too hard. I will be... I'm going to live stream here in about 30 minutes over on my Twitch channel. Uh, so if you guys want to join me at 11 p.m. Eastern time-ish, uh, I'm going to drop that link in the chat as well. Come hang with me. Uh, I'm going to be doing some uh, June Tune artwork tonight. So uh, you're welcome to come chill if you want to. But uh, that's it for this episode of 143. Uh, we will be back for 144 in about two weeks for Thor Love and Thunder. It will probably not be on a Sunday night as I will be out of town. It will probably be on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. We'll figure that date out and we'll make sure all of our schedules coordinate with Lindsay. Subscribe awesome. and get notified by turning <laughs> yeah. on the bell. Click on that notification bell. Click on the notification bell and don't forget to give this video a thumbs up. Is that how it's supposed to work? <laughs> and the banana. Sounded good. And the banana. Hit <laughs> <laughs> me every time. <laughs> all right, you guys. You guys have a great night. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for downloading, and thanks for being a part of the PopX family. We love you, and we'll see you soon. Thor Love and Thunder coming up soon. Hello there. Thanks for being a part of the PopX family. If you liked our show, please visit our YouTube page. Be sure to click subscribe and tap the notification bell so you'll know when we go live next. Visit our Discord channel by clicking the QR code on screen during our live stream, or simply visit bit.ly forward slash creative multiverse. Connect with us on social media by using at PopXCast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.